Love Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Baseball is Good. My name is Corey Engelhart, and I'm the host. I am on again on a Thursday evening. It's been um, a crazy kind of personal run over the last month or so for me. I'm in the process of getting my first ever house uh, on the market, and hopefully it'll be ready to go tomorrow morning. But it's been a lot of um, projects at the house over the last month or so, painting and ripping up carpet and putting carpet in. And um, it's been uh, trying in that aspect as far as um, it's been great. We have uh, family. My mother-in-law is letting us stay with her, and that's been really nice. But I'm looking forward to having the house on the market so we don't have to spend hours a day at the house every day um, getting it ready anymore. Once it goes on the market, then we're kind of done, and that's just more free time, so I'm excited for that. But it's been a crazy kind of month or so, and it's it's nice to have things like this podcast to come and talk baseball with some really excellent people. And um, I'm I'm looking forward to tonight too. And and my my guest tonight, I've I've, I've kind of played. Um, I don't know if phone tag is the right word, but uh, podcast scheduling tag for a little bit off and on, just for one reason or another. The last time we almost made it work, I was uh, I had a bad cold, and um, I'm excited to get to know this person via podcast and talk about what she does and um, and and talk some baseball primarily. But yeah, um, without further ado, I'm going to bring my guest on, and we can get her introduced and start the show. Hi, you there. Yeah, I am. Hi. Uh, so uh, I, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name correctly. I didn't okay. want to just blurt it out with, while guessing. Uh, Maja, is that how you pronounce your name? Yeah, well, it's actually um, – my actual name is, is Maya, M-A-I-J-A, but um, it's okay. frequently mispronounced, which is why I okay. go by this pseudonym sort of Maja as well. So I respond okay. to either one. <laughs> what do you but prefer? I don't want to call you something you don't want to be called. Um, either. Okay. Honestly, honestly, my mom calls me by just sometimes too. So okay, it's a nickname just, so that used to it now. I've had. Yeah. So it's not a yeah. It's not offensive to me. Whichever one comes okay. to mind, Maya, Maya. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Well, so I, I, I'm going to go with Maya because that's how I read your name. If that's, mm-hmm. if that's if you want me to change, let that's, me know. That's okay? perfectly fine. That's what I go by on Twinkie Town. So, okay. Well, yeah, I want to start with that. Um, I, I've I've read your stuff for a while. I've kind of been a, a fan from afar without connecting for for a couple mm-hmm. of years now. And I, I I guess my first question I wanted to ask is how did you get hooked up with Twinkie Town and writing writing there? Oh, um, well, I have been um, sort of part of the community there. A big thing with you know SB Nation sites is creating you know, this community, because it's sort of a, you know, it's a blog, but then it's also sort of a message board, because they have a really nice comment system, um, and stuff like that, so I had been, um, basically, because I had started my own, like, blog, which was just a blog spot thing, and then to go, you know, to help promote that, so anyone would read it, you know, I went to other blogs, and I ended up spending a lot of time there, and eventually, the old um, site manager there, you know, invited me if I wanted to write, um, like, recaps and other stuff. So I sort of just wrote more and more until um, he left and wasn't really sure who would take over the site. So I applied to do that <laughs> and ended up with it. <laughs> you know, 
so that's kind of um yeah, it was kind of a thing that's been like slow, you know, since I think I joined there and started coming in like 2010. So, okay. like over the past seven years, it's just been more and more um, until it's eventually reached this point. Sure. Oh, I, so I kind of I feel like I kind of jumped the gun a little bit without explaining who mm-hmm. you are and introducing you. So, um, mm-hmm. you uh, write for Twinkie Town, but you also have a mm-hmm. pretty good presence on Twitter and and in other social media ways. Uh, mm-hmm. How would you explain who you are and, and what you do for Twinkie Town, among other things? Um, well, um, I've been, you know, on social media and stuff for a long time. I'm talking about baseball a lot. That was why I joined Twitter, which was, like, relatively late. I joined in, like, 2011, but it's become my favorite. Sure. Um, you know, until, like, recently it's kind of gone downhill. <laughs> but um, sure, the Nazis and stuff. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I was doing that. I'm not um, laughing and because I that's am, funny. I, anyway, I know. No, I know. I, I trust <laughs> me. I, I, I totally get it. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So now I'm, I actually am the site manager for Twinkie town. Just, you know, so just the head person for the site. Um, I sure. end up doing a lot of the writing. Um, that's usually what happens, you know, um, ends up doing, you know, and then just sort of, all the other stuff, scheduling, editing other people's stuff and, um, and stuff like that. So yeah, I basically, um, run the, uh, so it's the SB nation twins website cause they have a website for, um, you know, each team and basically every sport, it's like 300 some blogs. So I would be the head of the, the twins there, their twins person at this That's stage. Awesome. And I, anyway. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I just, I'm, I'm looking at Twinkie town as I'm talking to you and, of the first, mm-hmm. I think ten or eleven articles, your name is listed next to eight of them. So you you write mm-hmm. plenty for Twinkie Town, and it's fun to read through um, just as a fan. How how did how um, what is the day like for you as far as your writing? As far as our, well, right now, I mean, SB Nation. I mean, it's kind of come out. I mean, they they for these site managers, it's not a full time job, even though really what they ask of you is but you don't get paid mm-hmm. full time. I, um, so I've been running it for, um, a little under two years, but, uh, when I first started, you know, I was working full time at my job. So writing and stuff, it would be like, I would write in the morning before I went to my job on my lunch break. And then like, um, you know, in the evening when I got home. So that was a little bit mm-hmm. cluttered, but I, um, for other reasons, um, left that job uh, late last, um, actually, uh, basically um, the end of December last year, and have sort of been doing that with some other freelance stuff and just um, um, some, you know, personal stuff. I My boyfriend lived in New York, and I went out there, and he moved here with me, so it was kind of a whole thing with that. Um, so, so I've been mainly... Um, you know, doing a lot of the site stuff now, it's usually like I, you know, I look on Twitter, you know, for news or, or come up with ideas. I, I try to, um, you know, help the rest of my staff out with ideas to see if they'll want to write something, you know, or I come up with something myself. Like today, um, I woke up kind of late, but um, there was that baseball game last night, which went late. Sure. But, uh, yeah, and then <laughs> it was basically I was going to go for, you know, a walk around the lake, and then, you know, the stuff came out about the, the Golden Gloves and uh, the, the new pitching coach. So 
then, you know, I just kind of ended up writing about that. And then I'm an avid Jeopardy watcher, which is on, you sure. know, 4.30 here, which is extremely early, I guess, for that. But then I was like, oh, well, I can't go on a walk now because Jeopardy is going to be on. So then watch that. And then, <laughs> yeah, basically, I mean, it's not, um, it, you know, as far as how much work the site is or writing, um, it can vary a lot um, depending on what's going on or you know, what happens, but sometimes like, like when that news comes out, I kind of have to drop everything and do that because as the site manager, I can't really like expect um, my other site people because they do it more as a hobby, um, sure. which is, it's still a hobby for me, but you know, I'm actually responsible for the stuff. So I have to kind of stop everything and, and uh, write that up, which I, I like doing it too, because you know, it, you know, the the quicker whatever you can get, you know, the more um, views and stuff you get for your page, which I like, you know, um, doing makes me feel, you know, somewhat successful with that. But you know, I'm, yeah, that's basically. I don't really know how <laughs> how else to say that. But yeah, it is a blog. Sure. It's not like. I'm not a, you know, as compared to like a beat writer, because a beat writer is like doing that like as their job and they're like there mm-hmm. on site. Whereas, you know, a blogger, it's like it's not really my job and I don't have direct access, but I'm, it's, it's a lot of community, you know, like online community building, um, you know, and just getting people to come there and talk about um, baseball. So it's a little bit, you know, different than just being like a straight, you know, beat writer who's not really doing that. They're just kind of reporting. Sure. Yeah, it's nice to have the opinion angle that you can add to articles, at least to a certain extent. Not not like, oh, this was dumb, this was great. It's not necessarily writing like that. It's it's more mm-hmm. nuanced than that, but it's you can you can put maybe a different sort of slant on it that somebody is uh who is beat writing and has to write for a team that maybe has a different mm-hmm. level of access so wants to continue to be seen in a good light. Um you don't have to necessarily write in that sort of framework I guess yeah I don't have to do that I'm not usually ever particularly like attacking people but I would say like I mean definitely with Twinkie Town and SB Nation like my and and like I sort of touched on there that a lot of it is like because they they center so much on having like fan communities and having like input from fans like somewhere where fans can go and like you know, like message board, like talk to each other. So I think like compared to me or maybe compared to some other blogs, although I think all blogs have to do this to an extent, that there's just a lot of um, like the community building aspect. Like you you try to ask, you know, always ask questions to the audience and like get people to comment Mm -hmm. and create a discussion. And I don't think, you know, beat writers don't really do that. So that's kind of how my job is different from theirs. Sure. Well, so um, I follow you on Twitter, and your Twitter handle is fairly unique. A lot of people who choose names uh, for Twitter or other sort of social media connections mm-hmm. usually go maybe closer to what their name is or where they're from or some combination. Uh, mm-hmm. Describe why you chose your Twitter handle. And I always like that story, at least reading it. But Oh, um, yeah. So my Twitter handle is Kirby's Left Eye. Um, which is actually kind of funny. Um, I originally came up with that, uh, because it was the name of my fantasy baseball team in some league. Sure. I mean, in the late, 
um, OOs or whatever we're calling that decade. <laughs> Odd, um, yeah. <laughs> and I always kind of thought, like, because I've always liked writing and stuff. But I didn't have a blog, and I was like, oh, if I ever come up with a really good name for a blog, then, like, maybe I'll start one. And it, like, after a year, I realized, it's like, you know, I could use that for the name of my blog. You know, I think that, you know, and so I ended up, uh, you know, using that. And that was, like, that was the blog that I originally created, created in 2010, you know, and then, you know, started um, commenting at Twinkie Town and, you know, and whatnot. But uh, it refers to um, a quote from Kirby Puckett's uh, Hall of Fame speech, which... Um, that he talked because, you know, Kirby had to retire early um, mm-hmm. because he went blind in his right eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the quote, I'm just pulling it up here, is, is, um, is that he says that it might be cloudy in my right eye, but the sun is shining very brightly in my left eye. And just think how the sun has shined right up to the door of this great hall, the shrine for the greatest game in the world, the greatest players in the world, baseball. So that's why I like that because it's 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 a direct um um it's directly reference that quote and you know because some people like will read it and be like oh that's kind of morbid which I also kind of like it because it's sort of I sort of have a dark sense of humor and sure. I find it sort of funny in that way but it it is actually directly from that quote from his Hall of Fame speech so it's just sort of about baseball and looking at things in a lighthearted way and having, you know, enjoying the good things, that sort of stuff. Sure. Well, I, I, I like that too. And I, I, um, just to compare, I do appreciate dark humor. I think, I think it, the only way you can get through life in a lot of ways is to learn how to laugh at yourself and things that happen mm-hmm. around you. And I, um, to be able to have kind that. Kind of like when you were laughing sense. earlier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you you, yeah. you need you need to sometimes just <laughs> take a step back and say, "Not this isn't that bad." I we're still going mm-hmm. on, or however you want to go through it. Um, to be able to laugh at, at 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 life or at what you do or who you are is, yeah, I find always important, mm-hmm. and um, I appreciate your Twitter handle in that sense for for at least a couple of reasons. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little snarky, I suppose, in a way, I guess. I did get one time, and I don't remember how many years ago this was, but there was some, and I don't remember why I was interacting with this person, but there was, like, some beat writer from New York who, um, I think I responded to him about something, and he was like, and he was like, oh, you're... Twitter handle is, you know, so offensive and all this, you know, because he didn't know where, it, like, and, you know, and I said, no, it, this is actually, like, from a quote from his, from his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, that he said, yeah. And then the guy was like, oh, was like, <laughs> you know. I feel dumb now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, I mean, well, yeah, so, I guess it's not surprising you didn't know that, but whatever. Yeah. Well, That's yeah, the only I, time I I've ever to, had yeah. anyone express that. Sorry. No, it's all right. Don't worry about it. It's, um, mm-hmm. I I I wanted to ask, like I I enjoy following you on Twitter from afar too, mm-hmm. um, because I love baseball. But your um, social media, how you uh, present yourself online, is very eclectic, and you talk about numerous things. You mentioned Jeopardy. Um, we started talking, mm-hmm. just chatting the other day about uh, 
the milkman and how that job is still mm-hmm. around. Like there's just certain things beat writers or other people maybe sometimes tend to only talk about sports. And I appreciate you for yeah. that sense that you can talk about lots of different things and, and bring discussion for um, numerous topics. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I was mostly bringing that up because I was asking, I wanted to ask your opinion about Twitter and social media. You kind of mentioned it before that it's kind mm-hmm. of been um, more difficult to use the website in recent months or years. But um, what do you what do you try to accomplish with social media on a daily basis? Is, is my basic question. What do you try yeah. to set out and accomplish? So when I joined Twitter in 2011, like. I'd heard about Twitter for, you know, a long time before that, obviously, but I like specifically held out on joining because I was like, I just, I don't need more social media in my life. And I didn't get what Twitter was for. Cause it was like, I mean, I have Facebook and I can write more than 140 characters there, like mm-hmm. whatever. But um, I eventually um, decided, and the express reason I joined was to promote my blog that I had. Cause I was like, you know, I might as well do this, but and I didn't, and it took me a while to sort of get what Twitter is about. Um, so, you know, so I didn't, so then it, it sort of like ramped, like it, it grew over time. And then I think I like kind of got addicted to it. That it's just, I didn't realize that it was like this giant chat room where it's like basically everybody on the internet. And I found that so intriguing and then you know as I got into it like because at first I think people get on Twitter and they like follow like famous people and news outlets they're like well I don't get this but but what I've found is you know I did that but then I found all of these other people and I've met so many people through Twitter just because it's like you can just get on there it's just like public text messaging you can be like hey what's up Mm -hmm. everybody and then Mm -hmm. you know like you you know meet um you know just get different connections through there so 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 I originally joined with the thought of just, like, promoting my blog, but then eventually when I kind of figured out this is what it was like, then I just started talking to a lot of different people, you know, and slowly, you know, it grew. Like, I met, for some reason, I, and I don't know exactly when this happened, like, I have tons of followers from Philadelphia. <laughs> and and I don't know how that happened because it's so right. I've I've never been to Philadelphia, but all of a sudden sure. it was like someone from Philadelphia decided – that they liked me, you know, and was like retweeting me or, you know, or all this stuff. So then a bunch of other people followed me. So then I ended up with all of these followers from Philadelphia (laughs) who I like, you know, I talked to them. I've been talking to a lot of them for years. I've never met them in person, but you know, Mm -hmm. probably if I went to Philadelphia, I would meet up with some of them and maybe I will someday, but yeah. So that's kind of how um, I viewed the social media. I have a rather sort of relaxed, view to it that's not like I mean even with the regular Twinkie Town account which I also run now um, okay. I think a big part of social media that a lot of you know there's a lot of different strategies you can use um, if you're you know promoting something in particular or whatever but as you said mine is kind of eclectic and I think that just having sort of a I don't know what's the word like relaxed or authentic sort of just talk about what you're thinking about, you know, what's on your mind um, resonates with a lot of people. Cause if you're way too calculated, especially like on Twitter where it's sort of just relaxed, you know, um, 
social media platform to begin with, um, then then it comes off as like people don't don't want to interact with you and stuff as much if it seems like it's like too automated and you're not a real person. You know what I mean? So that's, that's kind of why I'm pretty um, relaxed with the social media. I mean, I go on rants and stuff on there. Sometimes I say stuff I probably shouldn't, but, um, you know, I think it just that some people don't like it. That's fine. They can just not follow me or whatever. But, um, but I kind of have found that it's worked for me and it's helped. And just being a real person has helped me connect with other people who, you know, I share similar interests, you know, and I've met people, like I said, through there. So it's kind of helped with that. Because if I was trying to put on like a, a persona of someone I wasn't, then I don't think I would meet those people that I also resonated with. So that's sort of what my strategy is to there. I mean, it's also to like sort of get out there and I use it obviously to promote my blog, which is another thing. Like if you can get more followers by being authentic, then when you can come out and say, Hey, I wrote this thing, then more people will be like, Oh, then I will read it. So it's just kind of, you know, being social just on the internet. (laughs) Well, and even life in general, I think uh, just for, to bring it for my, viewpoint of it I, I feel like mm-hmm. junior high high school is a difficult time because or it was for me uh, for a mm-hmm. number of reasons and I don't know if they're very different from a lot of other people's uh, experience mm-hmm. during that time but it, by the point in your life and I was probably closer to my mid-20s at the earliest that you learn that you can be comfortable with who you are and not have to put a face mm-hmm. on who you are makes makes yeah. it a lot more comfortable to go through life. So to have a mm-hmm. platform to show that way too and through social media where you can just – you mentioned there maybe were things that you shouldn't have said. That that shouldn't be something that you should worry about, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like in, in the moment, if you feel something and you want to say something, there's no reason necessarily to apologize for feeling that emotion at that time. That's how I view it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we all make mistakes. Who cares? But – um, mm-hmm. that that is part of social media that it can now be screen kept and captured forever, but it's not necessarily mm-hmm. something that is going to hurt your authenticity and who you are as far as showing the world what you what you want to show them, and that's not a negative mm-hmm. thing, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever said anything that you know to the level where like someone would screen cap and be like, "Oh my god!" Like, I don't. But no. you know, I'll just like go off on people, which I've been known to do, just sort of, just like <laughs> random people, not anyone I know. Um, which one of my best friends, Kelly, who I met on Twitter, she thinks it's hilarious whenever <laughs> I do that. She's like, "Wow, mine's going off again." But you know, it's like I don't know. Oh, maybe I'm one of those. Nowadays, like, Twitter will, like, lock your account if you do that. So I don't really do that so much because if you can't, like, swear <laughs> at people, you know, or anything. So you have to get really creative with your insults. Um, sure. Which I guess maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I've, yeah, I've never said anything that, like, I guess would be, you know, like a screen cap worthy type thing but it's just sort of like oh I shouldn't have been as mean to that person or as snarky right there but whatever yeah um you move on everybody moves on yeah hopefully 
Right, <laughs> and and people probably don't even remember, you know, the week later that I even said that stuff. So it's like, well, you know, I don't, I can't even bring up an exact example <laughs> right now. So. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Then I suppose. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. So it's nothing that big. No. But. Uh... All right. Well, I I had a question for you that I I've asked everybody else on the podcast so far because I this is part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast is because of my love for baseball and and how I mm-hmm. view baseball in a sense of how it can teach you about life in a number of ways and uh, the question generally just basically is why baseball like why why do you love baseball or why did you get into loving baseball wow well yeah I mean it's sort of a weird um I mean I'm so I'm like 32 years old so when I was little it was like when the twins you know won the world series twice that's a huge you know, like some of my earliest memories, some of the, um, you know, biggest things I remember. My mom um, is probably the biggest reason because she absolutely loves baseball. I mean, she was obsessed during those series. You know, she was a twin fan. Um, she likes baseball overall. She's actually like a gigantic baseball card collector now. Oh, cool. Um, or she got into it like I don't when when that was it was like twelve years. I mean, she just like because when when my mom really gets into something, that's like whoa. I mean, she was always a really big baseball fan. Um, you know, ever since the twins moved there. So, so I mean, I think it was kind of that. Um, I mean, when I was little, I got into it because you know the World Series and because of Kirby Puckett. I mean, to mm-hmm. little kids, he was like just you know everything and you know on her fandom and stuff and then when the twins were really bad in the 90s I sort of fell out of it I think the strike had a lot to do with that also Kirby Puckett sure. having retired Ken Herbeck retired pretty early um by his choice but yeah um so I sort of fell out of that I was ashamed I was I was sort of into the Vikings because the Vikings were really good then and then they you know Mm-hmm. They Vikings, but um, yep. Exactly. So then it was like around. It was exactly. It was like 2001, <laughs> um, just with that new group of kids, you know, and they started doing really well. My mom got back into it again, and then I sort of, you know, started walking, got back into it, and then especially like 2002, um, actually when it was after the 2001 season when they. Um, you know, when the the talks about contraction came out and they were going to mm-hmm. contract the twins, well, my mom freaked out. So she basically went and got in the car, drove down the Metrodome, and she bought a ticket to every single home twins game for the next 13 years. Wow. Because she just, like, could not. Yeah. So so then we had these season tickets. So I ended up going to a lot of games, and it just um, sort of built over time. Um, so it's like basically since it was like I became a baseball fan like twice almost. So so then yeah so then I ended up would go I I went to college during that time in New York so I wasn't really but um, you know going then but uh, but yeah so I ended up and then I just and then it just turned into this thing over time 
And I thought, like, at some point, I, I was like, it, it would be awesome. Like, I remember when MySpace was really big. I decided mm-hmm. I was going to, like, just redo my entire MySpace page, and the whole thing was just going to be, like, crazy twins. Like, I had, like, the background was just <laughs> all, like, sparkling, you know, twins logos, and I just had pictures of sure. twins all over. And I just changed the whole thing one day. I remember, you know, because I just <laughs> thought it was funny. And one of my mm-hmm. friends came and was like, I didn't even know you were a baseball fan. I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know me. Kinda... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I was a fan, but I just I just thought yeah. it was funny to go, like, all out. And uh, mm-hmm. so I kind of think, yeah, so I remember I saw the movie. When did it, it must have come out in, like, 2005 was Fever Pitch with God, yeah. Fallon. But in mm-hmm. that movie, um, you know, because he's a huge Red Sox fan, I remember watching it. And, like, in his, his apartment, like, everything is Red Sox. Like, he has, like, like mm-hmm. Red Sox sheets, like, like, all this stuff. And I was like, wow, that would be so cool to do that, like, but for the twins. So that's kind of what my apartment looks like now. <laughs> like, I have twin oh, cool. sheets. I have, like, all of the pictures on the wall are twin stuff. I just have twin stuff all over the place. Just because, I, I don't know, <laughs> I just think it's funny. I mean, I love the Twins. I love base. I like baseball in general, not just the Twins, but sure, it's fun. I don't know. I'm a weird one, I guess. I have a weird <laughs> sense of humor. I don't find it weird. Well, I will say I lived in Massachusetts for a little while, and oh, that apartment um, didn't look that different from most people's apartments that I attended. It wasn't that oh, unusual. God. It's kind of a crazy New York too. It's it's a different um, sort of baseball atmosphere than the Midwest just has, and I appreciate well, it out there. The yeah, passion. I mean, I don't know if I I, I mean I, I wouldn't to say any the apartments overall, in New York that had like that much Yankees, where like everything was branded Yankees, but uh. sure. No, yeah, it's it's Definitely a little bit over the top. It's a little bit exaggeration. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of an well, exaggeration in the movie, like, but I it like was exaggerating it. Yeah. Like just having like I, I like I have like twins dish towels. Wow, that's it's pretty like cool. Random do, you, do, you, stuff. Yeah. do you save those for the nice dinners or do you use them anytime? Um, well actually I'm actually thinking where cuz I think they got really dirty. I might have had to throw them out. But no, I usually had them like in my old apartment, especially like hanging on the oven. You know, just so there's like all the twin stuff is out and you can see it. <laughs> Sure. For, but, okay, so um, for, twin, for twin stuff that you have at your apartment, do you have a yeah. specific, like, uh, color scheme? Do you try to go for, like, the baby blue? Do you go more for, like, the logo uh, in the 80s or 90s? Or is there mm, – is, is it kind of at a different range of anything. the logos? Or, I have one Okay. I have one of those toasters that, that burns the TC in your bread. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. When you toast it, yep, I have one of those. Yeah, I mean, I'll go like okay. for anything. I'll go for I'm I'm wholesale. Like I'll do TC, um, any color. You know, the more the merrier. <laughs> kind of my. That's cool. So do you uh, on that? Do you do you have the um, pretty? I would I don't know if typical is even the right word, but I I know so many people that have. Uh, I don't know if it's even framed, but so many people have like the Wheaties box and or um, Homer Hankies from from both of the years. Do you oh, yeah. do you have I the have, collectibles that are along those lines? 
Um, yeah, I have the Homer hankies. I don't think I have. I mean, I don't myself have any from like 1991 or 1987. I have like 2002 and like a bunch of those different years. So I have a bunch of Homer hankies. Um, I do have the Wheaties boxes. See, see, the weird thing is, like I said, my mom is a collector. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has all the stuff. So she like has a lot of the stuff. And I and I know like one like if she dies someday, it's all gonna become mine, which I'm not really looking forward to because it's a lot. But yeah. um, but yeah, I have like a lot of bobbleheads. Um, oh, cool. Like some autographs. I have cards my mom will like drink too much wine and like give me a bunch of Ken Griffey Jr. cards <laughs> um and not remember it um um stuff like that I have yeah so I mean I have um yeah the I mean like the most like collectible type things I have are probably the cards but I don't really have that many baseball cards and and the bobbleheads um I have a lot of a lot of them are in storage because I'm I'm in a small apartment right now and I just like I have too many that I can't even have them all out but I have my I have probably at least ten in there or something <laughs> but overall I have a lot more yeah so I I like collecting stuff but and I have That's like cool. little like the the little wind up walkers of like Gardy and Tomei and, um sure I have a I have an action figure of Ichiro Bunting, which wow. is my favorite because it's just yeah. My mom, it was one that my mom gave me, but it's like I, it's just it's perfect. I'm like yes, <laughs> that's awesome. It's a perfect action figure. Yeah, so I have a lot of stuff. Do you collect anything? Um, I do, and and honestly, my stuff is quite a bit in storage right now too. I was. I was going through some of it in the last week or two before putting it in storage. We're trying to sell our house and um, finding, finding stuff that I haven't seen in years was, was pretty enjoyable. Some baseball cards, I, I, I had gotten rid of most of my baseball cards many years ago and the first move I made, but um, some baseball Mm -hmm. cards, but then little things like I found, um, did you ever, I, I had a couple decks of playing cards that were, like baseball players, so it kind of looked like baseball mm-hmm. cards, but they were yeah. decks of cards from early-ish, mid-ish, nineties. My mom has so yeah, at least like, one deck of those. Yeah, and they're just completely ruined from using them, but it was still fun. Like just the memories that that brings back from playing with neighbors mm-hmm. or cousins or whoever it was, mm-hmm. it was fun to flip through again and feel like you're thirteen years old again. I had a I had a fun time packing that stuff up. Nice. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, it's always so, fun. Like, when I go to my mom's house, that's what I do. I dig through. So, I mean, because when I say my mom's like, like she has literally rooms full of boxes of baseball cards. She has hundreds of thousands of them, and like and other crap too. Wow. But that's why I like like digging through her stuff. It's like, oh, check out this. <laughs> um, my and she lives in my aunt's house because my aunt like lives in her other house in Florida, and my okay. aunt's husband was a scout for the Royals. And for the Mariners, or not oh, cool. Mariners, I'm sorry, Marlins. I always, I always say the wrong one of those two. <laughs> I don't know why. But, um, yeah, so she has, like, a bunch of, like, royal stuff in her house, too. So it's like, oh, look at, check out. They have a whole locker 
from the Royal Spring Training Facility in their basement. Wow. It was just like, I don't That's know. Awesome. It's like, you can't, you, you can't even tell. Except they, I mean, they know what it is, but it's like, yeah, this is just an entire, like, whole huge ass locker. It's like, cool. <laughs> I mean, no one, you didn't, I don't know whose it was or anything, but it's down there. <laughs> sure. Well, it'd be something fun to research or, or write about, I would think. Like, finding some of this stuff. That's what I've been debating whenever I can get stuff out of storage again, just writing about. Like, I'm not a writer, and I haven't really done it, and I'm not confident in it because I haven't tried, but um, finding some of this stuff can bring back memories, and that would be something mm-hmm. that I wouldn't, for me, mind trying my hand at writing and probably failing, but still mm-hmm. trying to just bring those memories out, uh, just to have it out there in the ether somewhere. That would be interesting to me to try, just personally, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the more you write, uh, the easier it become. I mean, especially, I've always liked writing and, and doing stuff, but especially since I, like, took over as the site manager at Twinkietown, which was, like, May of 2016, I was kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to write all this stuff, but now it's like I can just, like, s- certain things I can just, like, peel off, like, really quickly that I wouldn't be able to do before because it's just practice. But that's the kind of stuff where it's like, you know, other stuff I put more time into, but... I mean, overall, it still helps with all kinds of writing. It's just practice. Sure. You don't necessarily have to publish it, but you, like when you when you do the same thing over, you just kind of figure it out, like you know how to organize things, you know, or, or quickly get things. It's it's kind of amazing, but I don't know. I guess it's just how the brain sure. works. Yeah, somehow <laughs> figure it out somehow. Mhm. Well, yeah, I wanted I wanted to ask you all over social media the last few days just because it's during the World Series that means it's an anniversary mm-hmm. of another World Series and I wanted to ask you if if you're 32 you probably don't have vivid memories of attending the 87 World Series all that much I'm guessing but do you have memories from the 87 or 91 World Series of where you were or how you experienced it at that time? Um, I do. Um, in 87 is obviously less so because I, you know, I was born in 1985, but, um, but I do, I was definitely, so I was like two, a little over two years old probably, but I definitely remember it happening. I don't have as many, um, like exact memories. The one thing that I do remember is riding in my car seat, um, past the local elementary school that was like a couple blocks from my house and they had a replica of a Homer Hanky that was like the whole the that was as big as the entire side of the school um that they had there. So I remember riding past that. That was probably one of my earliest memories. Um cool. I was obviously aware I remember watching and I think I don't know if it was I think it was probably in 1991, but I remember like watching ALCS or something and, you know, and I didn't really like understand baseball at the time. I loved Kirby Puckett mm-hmm. and Kirby Puckett had some at bat where he was following balls off a lot and I did not understand the concept of a foul ball. So I was like, so I was watching this, and I was like, well, he's already, you know, three times. He hasn't hit it. Like, why is mm-hmm. it out? 
isn't that like three strikes? Mm-hmm. So like asked my parents, like, why isn't Kirby booking out? And I remember their response, but it confused and because they, they told me they were like, because Kirby's pocket is special. And I literally just oh, thought okay. they would throw balls at Kirby Puckett until he hit one. <laughs> and that was, like, my idea since then. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't it be great? So so I remember, <laughs> like, like the morning after game six in 1991, I remember this, like, running up to where my parents' room was to ask them what had happened. And I remember my dad getting ready, and he was and he was all excited and telling me about like what Kirby Puckett he had hit this home run, and you know, and like to me I was like, well yeah, of course he did because he just they would just throw balls to him until he hit one, like that's what he's supposed to do, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I just thought like everything revolved yeah. around Kirby Puckett, and like of course he did that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my dad was like, well if they win tonight, I'll I'll buy you a hat, nine twenty one. World Series hat, so I was super excited about that, and they won, and he bought me this hat, and I was like, yeah, but it was just funny, I mean, when I think back at it, because at the time, like, I really just was like, I was not surprised at all, Kirby Puckett hit this home run, because I was like, well, yeah, I mean, they throw the balls to him until he hits one, right? <laughs> Kirby Puckett, he's special, right? <laughs> of course he yes, did that. and he was, yeah. So that was like, that's like my biggest memory of 1991. Sure. Well, so one other anniversary that you've uh, mentioned um, recently just on social media was uh, 15 years ago, kind of recently. I wanted to get your thoughts about Paul Wellstone and his passing because that was something that was close to you too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is um, really sad. I don't know. I mean, it's especially sad to think about um, – when you think about like politics these days, cause it's like, it's so weird to think that you would, you know, like <laughs> that you would actually like a politician that much. When you think mm-hmm. about politics these days, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I am a big fan of um, Keith Ellison, but, mm-hmm. um, but still, yeah. Um, yeah. And that was just kind of tough. I remember one day, when I was, I don't know how old I was. It was probably, I was probably like 11 that I was out like playing with my neighbor kids on the street where I grew up and Paul Wellstone came to our street. Um, Cause we were like right next to a park that was really nice. And they just came and they said, Oh, well we want to film a commercial here. Um, and do you guys want to be in it? Can you ask your parents? So we were like, okay. And I asked my parents were like, Oh yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so I was in this commercial, like, because I think it was 1996 when he was running. Um, we were in this commercial with him, and he was super nice. Um, and, like, everything I've ever heard everybody else ever say about him is is basically the same thing, that, you know, he's just super, you know, nice people. And, it's, and I, don't, I mean, and, like, honestly cared about people and tried to go out of his way to you know, express that. Um, so I think it, that's something that's sort of missing a lot these days. I mean, there was still some little politics things. I remember my brother couldn't be in the commercial because he was too tall. And they didn't <laughs> want to make him look super short. But my brother is so mad about that. I think he's still you know, a Paul Wellstone fan. But, um, but yeah, I mean, funny. he was a special guy. 
I don't know. Well, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you're right. Everything you ever hear, even people that didn't agree with him politically, everybody I've ever talked to, I have I have a couple friends from work, mm-hmm. one who is very much uh, not liberal, I'll put it that way, and she mm-hmm. uh, she loved and adored Paul Wellstone back at that time as much as anybody else did, just because you don't find people that, regardless of politics, stand up and will be there um, for their beliefs. You just don't see that at all anymore, and maybe mm-hmm. that's... Maybe we're romanticizing it because it's what used to be, but he was different even at the time, and it's it's hard not mm-hmm. to um, appreciate somebody who will work hard and will stand up for what they believe in, um, maybe regardless of of what politics are at mm-hmm. that at that point. Like it, to me, it doesn't matter if you what party you believe in. If you are doing what you believe is right, and you're not giving lip service, that's something that's commendable and that's absolutely who he was and I I respected mm-hmm. that too. <clears throat> no, I mean I mean that's totally and just the you know things that you bet like I hear stories about you know, like he would go through like he knew, you know, every everyone's, you know, name that he worked at and he would go through and like thank, you know, the cooks at you know, at where you know we're making, you know, meals for the senators and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I've, you know, I've met a few people like who, you know, not necessarily in politics, but, you know, and it's like, you don't meet a whole lot of people like that, but he was like genuinely no. like that. And he wasn't just like trying to get people to vote for him mm-hmm. because he would, you know, if he was trying to just get people to vote for him, he wouldn't have, you know, vote been he was the only senator who voted against invading Iraq who was up for reelection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's just it's just he wanted to help people and you know and do mm-hmm. a good job. And I also really liked that he um was a very huge advocate, which I think is a really big problem is in mental health um to get just better care for, you know, you know, for mental health and people, you know, cause I have people, you know, in my own family who are not, um, you know, mentally healthy and they go through life and they usually, you know, will end up in jail or prison um, instead of getting help and being, mm-hmm. you know, more productive members of society, which is not mm-hmm. necessarily the ones that go to jail or prison, but, you know, other people too. And it's just sort of a, um, a topic that most politicians ignore, and especially in his day, I don't think anyone was really paying attention to that, but he believed in it heavily. So he was out there talking about it, even though other people weren't. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just stuff like that that uh, sure. made him different. Yeah, and I, I don't know how you build more people like that or find more people like that in, in today. I, I think... Mm-hmm. I think it's unique and, and difficult to find, and maybe it's more or less difficult now. I have no idea how to quantify that, but um, to find more people like him would absolutely help this world. I, I fully believe, however stance you believe in um, politically, mm-hmm. I, I think you need more people like him, and I, I don't know how you yeah. find that. And I'm I'm hoping, and maybe maybe somebody can <laughs> come out like him too, or mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I guess we can be hopeful and I think... maybe... Find some find something um, that way. I think I mean 
a lot, you know, like Bernie Sanders, you know, in a lot of ways. I know that they were friends and stuff in the Senate. Um, but, um, and, and I don't, I don't have anything against Bernie Sanders or anything, but he's obviously on the older end of the spectrum. So it's kind of hard mm-hmm. for him to like, you know, can you imagine, you know, like running and towards, you know, maybe he could, but it's like, but if you could find someone, you know, who would be around for longer, um, to be able to, to do stuff like that. I mean, I think it's still a good thing that Bernie's doing that because maybe it'll inspire more people to sort of take that line. But, you know, he doesn't, I don't think that, I don't think that Bernie and Wilson are exactly the same at all, but I mean, there's parallels there I can see, but, um, but yeah, it would be nice. Like, I mean, like I said, I like Keith Ellison, but I know a lot of people have reservations about him. Um, you know, so it's, it's like politics. It's so hard these days to even like try and predict where politics is going to go because it's like, did anybody think that this is where we were going to be? Like even, you know, like two years, two years ago from now, like no one, I don't think anyone would, they would probably laugh in your face if you said, well, yeah, Mm -hmm. Trump could be president. And now here, you know, and so it's, it's, I think politics, oh man, I, you know, (laughs) I went to law school and stuff and like, but I don't, I can't even like, I can't, why someone would even want to work in politics, honestly. I just, it's such a mess now. And it's like, you know, and that was what's so great about Paul, because it's like he loved what he did and he went around, you know, I wish we had more people like that, but it's like, it's just so, I know I couldn't be that person because it's just like, I would want to <laughs> just, like I do on Twitter, just go off on people and then regret it maybe later and then forget about it in a week. I guess that, I, although I guess that's what our president does. Yeah. So maybe I could be president. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I, I mean, I imagine I, I heard a story recently. I, I want to say it was, I don't remember where I heard it. I want to say it was NPR, but they were talking about a, um, a person that had been in a coma for three, four, five years and had recently come out of it and didn't be- no it wasn't the coma it was the um, it was it was the guy who the, was the Canadian um, who was couple. captured in yeah from ISIS no wasn't it the, had wasn't been... it the soldier who was captured in like by the in by ISIS and he had been yeah. like in isolation yep, for like two three years kids. and they told him yeah they told him <laughs> they'd like, been telling him the entire time that Trump had been president and he didn't believe it he thought it was them just trying to like lie to him and um once once you hear it that no that actually is true yeah. uh, i don't know how you i mean i don't know how you do that if you if <laughs> i did not think that 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 trump would ever i mean up until like um like five o'clock you know on election night i did not think like trump would ever win i was like whatever he's not gonna win but then it was around then because I was like I was watching. I had dinner at my my dad's house with him, and we were watching the news. And my dad was like, "Just, just look at them. They all know what's because they've all done the exit polls. 
they all know Trump mm-hmm. is going to win. And you could kind of, my dad was right. Like you could tell mm-hmm. from the way that they were talking about things and stuff that they, they knew that he was going to win. And I was like, Oh crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I just proceeded to drink a lot or something. I remember I worked, yeah, at, drinking I worked helps. at an employment agency and the next day, like, you know, we're there. We had multiple people call out and say, I can't go to work today because I'm too upset about the Trump thing. We're like, it's not a valid reason to call out of work. But whatever. <laughs> no. I mean, it's sort of, you know, like, I, like, I feel your pain, but I'm at work. Yep. <laughs> like, but, yeah, I mean, people were, that was definitely a really weird day um, <laughs> after Big Trump relief. was elected. Sure. Yeah, I think we all know that. <laughs> Like I started texting my my college roommate who I hadn't talked to in years. We were just texting all day, and she's like, "I hope he just goes to see a show in the theater, if you know what I mean." I was like, what? "Wow." Yeah, she was Crazy. not happy about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I um, I guess I had one other baseball question for you, um, mm-hmm. if that works. Um, I sure. wanted to ask. Well. I guess I was a little confused why the news came out today. I, I was always of the understanding that during the World Series there was sort of a moratorium on official news, and there's not a press conference, but maybe it is just the mm-hmm. news can be leaked sort of thing. But the Twins announced that they have a new pitching coach today, and I I, I just read a little bit about of him about him, but I wanted you to maybe give your thoughts on on who he was and and maybe what he'll do differently than Neil Allen. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, it came out today, I think, because it came out, um, there was a lot of news, like, around the league that came out about Mm -hmm. various coaches, um, like, um, Mike Maddox, who I thought might be someone that the Twins were going after because he has previous connections to Thad Levine and stuff like that, um, he was fired from the, uh, the Nationals job Mm -hmm. um he was hired like it came out today that he was hired by the cardinals um i think chili came out that chili davis was hired by the cubs today and i think a lot of this stuff comes out because um the mlb does sort of control when news can come out and because it's an off day i think they said it's okay for you to announce things today because it's an off day yeah that makes sense from the world series so that's why a bunch of that i mean especially the way the twins announced it um because, like, nobody else had said, like, oh, this is this news is going to come out. Like, none of the beat writers and stuff knew. They just, like, bam, announced it. Like, we've hired, you know, um, what's the, the all side? He has kind of a weird name. I like it, though. Garvin. Um, I even spelled it wrong the first time, but Garvin, Garvin Alston. Alston. I may be yeah. pronouncing that wrong, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm not really – I mean – so I think it's because it's an off day and that's why it was announced today. Um, as far as him, I was surprised because I had never heard his name before. Um, I know there was like a Willis that had been thrown around and some stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I still don't know a whole ton about him, but I know he actually is, he grew up in the same town as James Rousen, the hitting coach. Mm-hmm who did really yeah. well last year. And they've actually, like, known each other for a really long time. And, our friends, and they didn't – and the 
apparently the you know the twins front office didn't even know that until they interviewed <laughs> him that he oh, was cool. you know, so, they, so um but it sounds like um I know from what I did read that they really liked um that they thought he was a really good communicator and that was like one of the number one reasons um that they brought him in they just thought that he communicated really well um you know, I mean, I think he's open to all kinds of training things because just from looking at the, you know, the Twins front office's track record, that's sort of they, they like people who are open to stuff, not necessarily already deep in it, but as long as you're open to it, um, seems like they'll go with that. So um, he has never been a major league um, pitching coach. He's been a bull, major league bullpen coach a couple times, and he was like a – um, minor league pitching coordinator um, for a long time. So he's spent like actually most of his career coaching. So I don't, I mean, I think they did a really good job with James Rolson. So I mean, if they think that this is the guy, I'm, I'm going to kind of trust them on this. I mean, there's no reason to like not um, like him and, and I think it is also kind of interesting just going after someone who hasn't, you know, been a major league pitching coach before because, like, maybe he has a new, you know, a newer, different outlook on things or spin. Because you kind of know, like if they had got out and gotten Mike Maddox, they kind of know what they're getting there. Mm-hmm. But... um Which, I mean, I guess is a good thing because it's not bad, but sort of an interesting... Um, move. We're going to like learn a lot more about it, but um, I sort of trust him on it. He doesn't, there's nothing about him that sounds bad to me. You know, he's sure. just, you know, other than the fact that he just is, doesn't have, I mean, he doesn't have major league, but he's been like, he was, you know, a minor league pitching coordinator for 11 years for the A's alone. And then he went on and spent like a year with the Diamondbacks and then was with the Padres and then back with the A's. So, I mean, so he has a lot of experience coaching. So sounds, I mean, it's kind of hard to evaluate, you know, pitching coaches, especially when you like didn't even know their name before like six hours ago or whatever. But, um, Mm -hmm. But, um, I, yeah, I'm kind of trust. I mean, so far, the front office has been doing good, so I'm just going to kind of, tr- you know, trust them on this. I mean, I don't think that Neil Allen was um, particularly bad or anything. Um, I can kind of see why they maybe moved on from him. I think maybe he was a little old school. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the sense that I got, um, but... I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful about it. I can say that, but I don't sure. have any well, like yeah. super insights. <laughs> yeah, well, I can um, forward it to you. But there there was an article that I read today that I thought was really interesting, uh, interviewing um, former A's pitcher Sean Doolittle, who's now with mm-hmm. Washington, and right, Doolittle, right, yeah. I think, yeah, I love him. is one of the better. Um, follows on social media too, and seems like just an awesome. Yeah, dude. and his wife, he, I, I saw her, I saw her too. Yeah, but he Doolittle credits 
Alston with with basically helping him become a pitcher because he was a first baseman in college and just how he worked oh, with boy. Alston was really interesting. Um, how to learn, how to pitch, and how to the correct way. And um, it sounds like he started a six week plan on long toss where Doolittle wouldn't catch the ball thrown back to him just for learning how to throw only and not worrying about anything else and just being open to working with individual players it seems mm-hmm. like a good plan in, in my book but Doolittle um, speaks the world of this guy so if somebody like Doolittle who's a good person likes the guy that they hired yeah. I, I, no, I trust good. that as much Thank as anybody you. else too <laughs> but yeah I'll show yeah, you that article it's been interesting because Doolittle yeah. is awesome but yeah he he loves Austin mm-hmm. so if he does then I'm I'm all for it too yeah <laughs> No, that makes that that makes me happy too. I know, like when the you know the Twins were in the ball card game against the Yankees, that you know because James Browson used to be like one of the um, coaches, minor league coaches, I think over there that he worked a lot with like their young players, and they were all you know. So the Twins beat writers were all asking about James, and they were all you know Aaron Judge, and when we're like, oh yeah, we loved him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we are by that point. I think you know, Twins fans already knew that James Rawson was doing a good job. So, but yeah, it's always good to hear stuff like that about about coaches that are coming in. Mm. Obviously, all right. Well, I've, you don't want to hear bad things. You... <laughs> no, yeah. Well, hopefully, nobody's saying that guy was a was a was a jerk, and I don't want to ever see him again. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. But if it's legitimately positive things like this worked because of this and this, it seems more authentic, kind of like we talked about before. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Well, yeah, I've I've kept you longer than the hour that I've scheduled. I've been I, I'd, I'd love to do this again sometime. But before we go, I um I know our you know four listeners that are maybe listening in would love to hear your um, Twitter handle and, and website information again, if that works. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, my uh, Twitter handle is Kirby's left eye. That's on Twitter, of course. And then, um, and I am the, the managing and main writer at Twinkie town, which is just twinkietown.com. I also have, uh, my own blog, which I occasionally usually put like non-baseball stuff on the days, which is weird, which is just Kirby's left Um, And those would be basically where you'd find me. Sure. Well, yeah, I just, I, I want to say this has been fun. Um, having this time it's been a little bit, at some point, maybe in the next couple months or, or early mm-hmm. next year at some point, if that works for you? Yeah, certainly. I'm uh, I'm here. I mean, I, I think I have to get a new job, but um, <laughs> you know, one that pays me, but uh, but, you know, if I might be a little bit more busy, but I don't know. But yeah, I would definitely be open to it again. Great. Awesome. Well, yeah, I hope you have a good night, and everybody, if you're listening, thanks for, thanks for checking us out. So, have a good night. Yes. Thank you. You too. Thanks.